0: Hi, and welcome to Classical Stuff You Should Know. This is a podcast about classical things, literature, books, philosophy, everything you should have learned in school but probably didn't. Uh, I am AJ Hennenberg, and I am joined by my buddies Thomas Magby hello. and Graham Donaldson. hello. And two out of the three of us work at a school down here in Austin, Texas. We all three used to work out, work there, but Thomas has moved on to do mathy things. For mathy folks.
1: I was, I was hanging out with a friend over the break and they commented, you point this out every time we start the episode that like, I'm the one who left Veritas. It makes me laugh.
0: Well, we used to say we all work at the place and I, I, know. I, it's I just should, should I pull that out of the intro no, and just, just say, there's it.
1: one of us who's no longer with us. Anyway, <laughs> here I am.
0: I'm here. I'm trying to do it as a, like you're moving on to new and better things.
1: I wouldn't, I mean, Veritas is a great place. I don't I wouldn't say that, but, um, yes. Yes. Did you want to say more as, uh, I've, as I've undercut your entire introduction? nope i think okay. that's good take it away thomas <laughs> <laughs> so uh,
0: oh we're back from christmas i was gonna say that. Back from so christmas. happy holidays happy new year yep 2022 let's
1: get her get, get pitter patter let's, let's get, get at her, her. Is, did you just make that up is that a thing pitter patter let's get at her that is that's like canadian a canadian thing is it a canadian uh, thing yeah like a super common thing yeah 110 yeah, there boys okay, you're just saying syllables <sighs> i've been
0: watching some letter kenny i'm oh, getting up on the lingo
1: go. i don't That's the texas
2: size ten four there bud
1: I don't understand. <laughs> you understand? We'll
0: snipe Sally, boys. Yeah. We'll snipe Sally, Thomas.
1: Okay. What's the TV show you've been watching? What'd Letter Kenny. What is that?
0: Uh, it's, it's a show about a small, rural Canadian town. There's and a their small problems. town in Ontario called Letter Kenny, and the uh-huh. show is about...
2: A fictionalized version of that small rural farm town. It's not clean
1: at all. Oh, oh gosh, Is no, no, no. that a show happening right now, or is this? Yeah, uh, okay. is it
2: still happening? Just released
1: episode
0: uh, season ten, I think.
1: Jeez, wow! Season ten. It
0: running? started as a YouTube a joke. Oh, okay. Like it was started as
2: like a sketch comedy uh, bit on YouTube, and people
0: were like, "I, I want this." Uh-huh. And so now it became a ten-season show. Jeez, Louise. I think it's ten
1: seasons. Maybe it was only like four, and I'm just exaggerating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll look it up. Okay, right. asking the hard-hitting questions. Okay, so I'm here with. I feel like I shouldn't say it because I want people to listen to this episode, but I'm coming with somewhat of a mathy topic or it sounds like a mathy topic and will end up being more of a English and philosophical and I guess historical discussion. But I'm here to talk about causation. That's the topic going into for today, which hearing me say causation probably makes you think this is not a particularly classical concept. And when I say the word causation, is there anything that like springs to mind immediately? Isn't, wasn't,
2: How things, what causes things like one of Plato's
1: fundamental questions? Or isn't causation
2: a fundamental uh, question of antiquity, something like that?
1: Graham's, Graham and AJ will have periodic flashbacks during the first 15 minutes <laughs> of this conversation because we started, Oh, is that what's happening? Yes. So we recorded the first 15... Well, not, we didn't record it. We started... Uh, we talked for 15 minutes thinking we were recording and we were not. So what Graham is remembering is the next thing that I'm going to say. Oh, <laughs> this <laughs> is what I do.
2: I just hear things and then I like kind of file them away and then every, they pop and then up and I'm like, I'm pretty sure
0: when you like this as is your, a thing. But when you present like a as child wandering through a yeah, oh, forest yeah. Yeah.
1: picking leaves from trees. Wow. I present everything as my own idea. So incredible. <laughs> wow. Wow. Graham! How did you know the next thing I was going to talk about? <laughs> other than it being the second time you've heard it, we're no, in tune. We're
2: just okay. on the same wavelength, Thomas. Well, yeah. I've read the same things you have. Apparently. No,
1: you've heard the same things I've read. Yeah, nailed it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. This is gonna I be feel great. like I listened to a
2: podcast. On yeah,
1: this. you uh, kind of did actually. <laughs> it's great. It was a really short one though. It was only about fifteen minutes, yeah. and it never got to the the punchline. Didn't have yet, a lot of so depth. That's exactly right. Um, Lack of, of scholarship. Lack of scholarship. But it works for me. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> We're going to be punchy this episode. This is our first one back after like a month and a half. So wish us luck, listener. <laughs> and Sorry.
0: listener, what we're referring to is one of the... Uh, one of our favorite. One of our favorite reviews that we got recently that said, what was it? The lack of depth in scholarship may not appeal to everyone. But, but it, works. it works for me. That's
1: <laughs> a great review. I love that. I think it's a great review. Thank you all for listening to this. We we deserve zero listeners, so thank you all yeah. for any of you listening. Yeah, so you're we are welcome. That guy. Yeah, we're glad you're with us. But glad if, it works for you. Yeah. <laughs> but if but if you all could go and leave five star reviews, that would be kind of a nice New Year's gift for us. I guess so.
0: what are we gonna do with them? And not leave decent reviews that are like weirdly backhanded.
1: <laughs> I, I saw this on Twitter some time ago we, of like the, the the reviews that cut are the three or four stars because the one star it's like okay, you just don't like us. That's fine. The three or four star, like they get you and they don't like you. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, it's not the, like I've just rejected you off the bat. It's like, I spent some time with your podcast and,
0: and I still don't. And
1: like I it. sort of enjoy it, yeah. but it,
0: but it, it could it be has, better. Yeah. Here are your exact You are insufficient. There? Yeah. Those yeah. are the ones. Leave that really... a link
2: to your podcast. We'll check it out.
0: And,
1: uh... <laughs> we'll leave a, a biting three or four star review for your podcast too.
0: Oh no. man. I wish we could reply and leave counter reviews of just the people leaving the reviews. Wouldn't that be amazing? Mm. No, it'd be
1: terrible. I all feel you, like it'd be a good choice. All you'd be doing is like sniping people all day, right? We're going to get like, swatted.
2: You know, that's what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. I don't
1: yeah. like this plan at all. Okay. So, speaking of four star reviews, Virgil um, is the one who said the thing that Graham is trying to remember. <laughs> uh, one of his. Plato. Amateur hour up <laughs> in here. Seriously. Lack of scholarship. So, um, <laughs> this is going to be bad. Okay. So, but Virgil's quote, which I will not read in Latin because I don't speak Latin because I lack like scholarship, <laughs> uh, is happy as the man who has been able to know the causes of things. Hmm. I think this is yeah. an episode that only the three of us will laugh at. And everyone <laughs> listening is going to be like, what is get going to the on? Point. Yeah, exactly. Um, Happy, the man who has been able to know the causes of things. Um, so that's, uh, again, is this a classical concept? There's at least some discussion about causation. And in the history of philosophy, we will hit a point where causation is like the big question. How do we know what causes things? And we'll talk about that later. I promise. It is a big question. Except we may, maybe we won't actually get to it. But, there's a there's a specific phrase I'm I'm hoping to get from you all when you hear the word causation is there like there's like the phrase that comes to mind when people talk about causation first cause oh that, see you 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 actually like have first cause is a great one and that's like Aristotle talking about why does anything exist mm-hmm. there has to be a first cause maybe if I say the word correlation yeah. and causation is there a phrase that comes I mean that's fine? the fame, that's the correlation the? is not
2: causation right. is the the fallacy that of gets thrown around uh, post hoc ergo propter hoc is yes. the logical fallacy that you know, just because two things are correlated doesn't mean that they caused
0: each other. Yes. Well, it's That that one is specifically about temporal causation. Mm-hmm. Just because one thing happened before another doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it caused, like, mm-hmm. I walked, a black cat walked in front of my path and my girlfriend
1: broke up with me. Must have been the cat. Yeah. Like, that's... But know. I'm wondering if you can say more about it because when you talk about that as a logical fallacy, it's a thing you talk about in the context of logic. Like, what...
2: You need to be able to prove, you need to be able to have more proof that the black cat, like texted your girlfriend Uh and like told her about all the other stuff you've been doing. That's why she dumped you.
1: But then what, Uh, sorry, go ahead. Like what is allowable proof then? If not the, a, a temporal relationship should matter. If, if every time before I trip, I see a black cat, you know, I would at least ask a question of, is there some relationship here? But you're saying logically, I shouldn't do what that. What if you had
2: like a pool of data, like you had a bell curve of black cat uh, interactions and then breakups?
1: But imagine it's not even, uh, it's not a bell curve. It's like literally one like, to one. It's 100%, time, yeah. it's 100% of the time I see the black cat I get broken up with, oh, if that's gosh. the metaphor, right? <laughs> well, like, what a that, life. Yeah, that'd be the worst. <laughs> what a life to live. And, you know, you're walking to go on a date and like you see a black cat and you're like, not again. Yeah, oh, sorry, right? it's just not going to work <laughs> out. Come on. <laughs> uh, but like logically, you'd say that isn't. A relationship, or that's not something I can point to as evidence. Correct, I guess I'm asking AJ. Uh, you
0: cannot, you cannot draw the conclusion only based on their temporal nearness. That's the point. But it, but temporal nearness can be allowed. Can be an indicator of causation. The thing okay. about causation is that it's really hard to prove, right? Yes. yes. I've seen a lot of people claim the one of the main causes of World War II is this, mm-hmm. right? Right before yes. this happened, World War like. I don't know, they invented computers in right. World War II or, or something. It can't be that hard to prove. Every time I go on the
2: internet, it says <laughs> the Dow Jones is down 0.5% because of inflation fears. Right. They know why the market is down.
0: And this is an exact <laughs> example of yes. that kind of thing, right? And so if you're going to prove causation, I think in my experience, your best bet is is high probability of causation, right? I can show that. Okay, in the past, market fears around inflation have dr- driven the Dow down, right? Every time there's inflation fears, Dow goes down. Um, is it possible the Dow is down because of moon phases? And people awesome. act weird at certain moon phases? True. Then,
1: yeah, yeah, maybe. Right? It's because I can, they've
0: got some intern that has to like, write an
2: article yes. every day.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find... There's like a famous cartoon. I think it's a New Yorker cartoon. Uh, on Wall Street today, news of lower interest rates and the stock market up, but then the expectation of those... That those rates would be inflationary sent the market down until the realization that lower rates might stimulate the sluggish economy pushed the market up before it ultimately went down on fears that an overheated economy would lead to a reimposition of higher interest rates. So it's just a loop on a loop on a loop. Causation. Which yes, exactly. So I think that's like that's That is ninety percent of like financial commentary is that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll come back to the correlation and causation. You know, correlation does not equal causation. Comment, but I think that's helpful. I think at least to start with of I. You know, I've I'm only I'm a year into this program on data science. Uh, a decent chunk of it is like, how do we know anything? Because if you start from a place of every time you see a correlation, you have to have the immediate comment of correlation doesn't imply causation. You kind of can't learn anything. Yeah,
0: I think implies is a fine word. Yes, correlation does imply causation. Uh-huh. It does not prove, prove causation.
1: causation. I think that's a I think that's a helpful and necessary thing. We'll go through an example of a guy who who. Very, who took this hard line of correlation not being related to causation, and um, to his to his detriment. So, just as some background, um, the the Greek word for cause comes from um, science and law. So, again, in, in in the case of science and law, you're looking for this kind of one to one relationship. Of in science, why does this one outcome occur? Why do these two chemicals, when combined, lead to this other thing? And again. Um, that's one where a correlation you can pretty clearly say is a causation. You put these two ch- chemicals next to each other, there's a reaction. It causes some kind of outcome to come from that. If you get carbon and oxygen, you get carbon dioxide, right? Um, or in law, what you're looking for is not merely what events happened, but why did those events happen? It's not enough to say that, um, you know, your neighbor's sheep was stolen, but why was that sheep stolen? And so that, this the, in that context of law, you get into these different meanings of the word cause. And this might be something you all have heard of before. Um, that, uh, cause can be split into four different types of cause. Um, uh, Oh, sorry. I have, is it this weird.
2: like formal cause efficient cause? Is that the, one yes. About?
1: Yeah, it is actually. You did an episode on this Graham. I don't know if you remember it. It was a long time ago. Do you remember this episode? Oh, we do a lot of it. <laughs> Good. Nailed it. Um, so, uh, We can talk about that in a second. But in thinking about cause and the legal setting, you start to see there's some ambiguity into what we mean by cause. So, again, in the sense of, you know, what caused my neighbor's sheep to be stolen? Well, um, someone picked it up and moved it. Yeah. Okay. Well, the day before, my neighbor had insulted my child. Right. Like that could be a cause that then led to someone stealing the sheep. And then you go from there. So you get this kind of small amb- towns, man. I mean, <laughs> <it's> like- <laughs> apparently your Canadian show will tell you all about uh, these small town <laughs> stories, right? Still cheap, would you say? Stolen cheap, stolen cheap. That sounds like every day. Um, so, yes, we start to see this kind of ambiguity in what we mean by the word cause. Uh, I'll come back. Part of this topic is there's a math angle to it. When I hear causation, I think of like statistics, but like three thousand years ago, that didn't really exist. Um, And then the other side of it is that in talking about Herodotus, Herodotus is trying to track the cause of the, uh, the Greco-Persian wars that he's living during. And so to get to his answer of like, why are the Greeks fighting the Persians? He goes back to here's all of Greek history and here's all of Persian history. And then this is why conflict has happened. That has led us to this moment. Um, And I think part of a question to ask in that is whether, He's actually able to answer the question he sets out to prove, um, like what does it mean for the series of events we've talked about so far to cause the Greco-Persian Wars? Um, I guess maybe I can I can pose it that way. Like uh, AJ, you just referenced World War One. Like this is the cause of World War One. What do people mean by that when they say this caused World War One? The black hand shot the Archduke. Yeah. So in some like. And, but say more. So because that happened, that sets off. Well, you got to put some in the textbook. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but say more about like to so to point to one event and say yeah. this caused World War One. Um, what do, what does that mean to say that that event caused World War One?
2: I? I mean, it's so it's either a simplification, oversimplification, to tell a story. Yes. Um, and this is kind of what we were even getting at when we were doing our Herodotus episodes. We're talking about like what is history? Who um, uh, because. What caused World War One would be every single event that is that has been happening in the years in all the different countries and all of the different people leading up to it. Um, some more heavily weighted than others, like leaders more heavily weighted than peasants. Yep. But still, the lives of peasants in rural Germany also ha- had an effect on you know. So to say that you, yeah you can't really um, gather enough data to be able to say it. Um, but then in the ancient world, you had people be like, well, my cousin heard that this guy had a dream and that's what caused the Persian war. So right. done history over. And the, this reminds <laughs> yes. me of,
0: uh, you guys ever read Sirens of Titan by no. Kirk Von- Vonnegut? Mm-mm. No. It's about a guy who becomes a pariah and the enemy of the world. So they basically banish him and he goes up to, I think the, the moon of Titan and he meets this alien who apparently crash landed there. He's got a busted spaceship. And he lives to be, you know, forever old again. And apparently all of human history has been orchestrated by this alien in order that we would set up buildings in a certain way that would spell out help, I'm stranded for this alien that had been living on this (laughs) moon. And he's he's been like, you know, manipulating all of human history until this time. And so that would be the cause, right? Right. But it's just to show that like whatever we think is the cause Mm -hmm. is probably one of a myriad and there's interconnectedness in all of it.
1: Actually, I like that example because in... If you were to ask the people building, I haven't read the story, so tell me if this is totally wrong. But if you ask the people why they're building those buildings, they'd say, I want a house or I want to build a store. Mm -hmm. But if you were to read the story, like to know the meta thing going on, you'd say it's these aliens that have like planted this desire in them. Right. Yep. So Herodotus doesn't do this, but Thucydides, who's like the next guy who writes like a big history. Yeah. Thucydides differentiates between these two different types of causes. And in his history, he's thinking through both what the immediate cause of a of some event is, and what the real cause of some event is. And his distinction is that the immediate cause um, is, you know, uh, if we're thinking World War One, it's um, well, yeah. If we think World War One, it would be the um, assassination of um, Archduke uh, Franz Ferdinand um, triggered all of these treaties. Yeah. Right. So the immediate cause, the thing that immediately preceded all these countries, kind of pulling into their separate um, camps was the assassination. But you could just as easily say that what caused it are the treaties being signed in the first place, Mm -hmm. right? Well, that's not as neat of a, of an answer because actually it stretches over 200 years or whatever of countries signing treaties with one another and um, allying themselves in certain ways that were there to be a conflict, they'd be separated. What were the war.
2: cause of those treaties? Like you sort of have to follow this chain backwards, right?
1: And the desire to go to war as opposed to uh, not, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, there must have been enough conflict that's outside of just that moment of assassination that countries wanted to fight or mm-hmm. felt to, compelled to fight. Those become more cultural questions than of, you know, honor was attacked or – the only way to address these things is war, not diplomacy, any number of those things. And that's not, you can't point to that and say, you know, Victorian culture did this, right? It's, it's a, it's a broader, um, moment. It's a, it's a broader thing happening than just someone shot someone else. You were leaning forward. Okay. Um, So just just posture. Yeah. Trying to maintain posture. (laughs) So this is one way to get at these different forms of causes, especially in the context of history. There are immediate causes and there are real causes is what Thucydides calls them. But, immediate versus um, present conditions or something like that. But different types of causes. Um, I might. But yeah. we, I'm just thinking, when we go back to Herodotus, yes. or we, or
2: even Th- or Thucydides, when they tell the story, you have, you know, there's this guy, and he, uh, the king killed his son, yes. and he was working for the king, and yes. then someone else came to him and said, hey, you can work with me to overthrow the king. And that started the war. Yes. That's like a very ancient way of talking about how a war started, right. whereas we as modern people, we have scholars that are like, all right, I've spent seven years analyzing the history of bread prices mm-hmm. in ancient Persia, but that doesn't necessarily mean that this bread is bread. enough. We need to do gather more data to be able to tell us why the Persian War started, right. and the ancient guy said, well, it's because that guy thing, was insulted right. by this guy, and he killed his kid. Yes. Will who? So w- then, who, uh, it is right. it just that the ancient world just doesn't care about data as much as we as modern people <laughs> do?
1: That might be true. I would say again, Thucydides is separating between these two different types of causes in his Pelop is in the history of the Peloponnesian mm-hmm. um, um, He'll talk about this same distinction and say that the immediate cause of one of the conflicts he's writing about is the breaking of a treaty. So in the same way of mm-hmm. similar to World War One, but the real cause is this kind of bubbling conflict that then gets its moment to be expressed in the breaking of a treaty. Mm-hmm. So there's still there's still that separation between the two of them. I think what you're saying is uh, that. When Herodotus is telling history, it's people doing things. It's not giant social forces.
2: But when in the ancient world, when they're telling history, they're also having a, trying to like weave in a teaching or thinking about the ideal type to it. Don't be the kind of king that murders your subjects' kids or else they'll come back and attack you. Whereas when somebody is writing about the seven-year fluctuation of the history of bread prices and its causes and, and how that sort of caused the Peloponnesian War or whatever, they don't have a moral teaching element to it. They're trying to give you, quote-unquote, an objective.
1: They might say that they are proposing certain policies for price controls or something like that, mm. um, and which would lead to a more kind of technocratic view of mm-hmm. these things as opposed to Herodotus' is very much a moral view mm-hmm. of conflict comes from failure of its leaders or immoral opponents who are just instigating conflict. And so maybe that's part of the difference. So
2: are statisticians, technocrats, is that the... uh, Probably, yeah. I
1: mean, if you get to a point where it's, you know, this one factor increases life, uh, yeah, yeah, that... um,
2: Do you feel that siren call there, math No, I'm
1: not going into, like, public health or something like that. But, like, there's, there's like, a strain of it that would say we should do everything we can to um, force people to live longer, be healthier, or, you know, people can be informed about information and then make their choices from there. Like, well, this is
2: are, this is just maybe even plugging future episodes. This is kind of the ethic behind a book that both Hannenberg and I have been reading over Christmas, which is the Foundation mm-hmm. Trilogy. Um, they, it's very much a, like, the dream Isaac. about what happens if, like, statisticians get to rule the universe. Right. Um,
1: Builds an algorithm that predicts yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And
2: they can predict everything. Yeah. And then wouldn't it just be better if, like, all the smarts yes. ruled oh, right, us? Yes. And it's very much like a post-war, yes. um, you know, He's actually McNamara. in favor of that.
1: He's not... <laughs> I guess part of me thought he's critical of that. Anyway, um, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll talk, talk about it in the episode. I've not actually read it. Yeah. Is that the episode you're prepping? Are we going to do a duo episode? Oh, I'm
0: waiting.
2: I want you to finish Foundation first
0: before we do. Are we going to do the trilogy? I'd like to. Yeah, should should I, I finish the trilogy yeah, before do we do it? Yeah. I think that'll be worth. Fun. I'm not sure. One. You got to learn enough. about the mule before we get into then
1: it. Then I should read it. We should just each do one oh, book. Oh, let's do it. Why just each oh, do oh, one book? it's it's a quick, easy read. You should do it. Okay. So, in talk. So Graham's last question, I think, is really important. Of Herodotus paints things really easily of this led to this, led to this, led to war. And I think what is really fascinating about the book, I'm only uh, three books in out of, I think nine and, um, the, the books build on each other. So both you have recurring characters. So Croesus comes back in book three, which we'll talk about sometime in the future. Um, but also these are bloodlines. And so you're seeing the sons of sons of sons, primarily there are women in it too, but it is primarily the story of men. I think AJ or that was during our AMA, um, yeah, this is mostly about men, but you also get to see this kind of, um, cyclical pattern to history that there's something about the father that is mirrored in the son and then corrected in the grandson or something like that. Um, so that's one way of telling history, but you know that he's oversimplifying and based on footnotes, you know, he's wrong about a lot of things. So that's, Frustrating, right? It's He's not.
2: not. There was a dream wow. about a giant
1: donkey. Yeah, sure. <laughs> or the one we laughed about. Peeing a lot. all Yeah, that's over what I'm everything. gonna say. That one of the the daughter peeing over. Pee pee kid. pee kid. 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 Peeing over all of Europe, I think. Like that might have actually happened, but also someone actually had to conquer Europe, and it wasn't the dream that did it. And then, but there is something correct to like uh, when your populace feels pressured by prices, they rise up or whatever, right? Or if there's a plague that's going to um, impact uh, your um, Plantagenet episode forever ago where you talked about the Black Death. Like the Black Death prevented war from happening in Europe uh, because people died. So many people died. And that's a true thing also. So I think I think Thucydides says this, and I think it's correct here. Both of them are right, that Herodotus can oversimplify and say that certain kings did something and that caused something. And I think the historian can be right also. I think the question of what causes something would be best answered by if that thing didn't happen, would the outcome still occur, right? So if you remove, if you remove the assassination of um, um, Franz Ferdinand, would World War I still happen? And that's a...
2: This sort of speculative history.
1: Yeah. Uh, you can call it that in the fancy stats language uh, calling it potential outcomes. Mm-hmm. That when you do a study, what you want to know is... So like if the question... We'll talk about smoking in a little bit. And so to answer the question of does smoking cause cancer, what you want to do is give um, Graham a pack of cigarettes uh, to smoke every day for 20 years and then um, go back in time and do it again where you don't smoke for 20 years. And then at the end of that, we look and say, does Graham have cancer in the smoking one and not in the other? Or does he have cancer in both or something like that? Do you notice a problem with that? You can't go back in
2: time. You can't go back. We
1: we haven't invented time machines yet. What about if I had twin? Uh, That's one way people get around it, but, Twins still don't have the same...
2: That's right. My twin eats eggs for breakfast every day, and I don't.
1: So you either have differences between the twins or something unique to twins themselves. Mm. Like, is there something weird about the zygote that splits into two and then creates two children? And the answer is maybe. Um, the, we've talked about it before. Twin studies are a way to get around a lot of these things, um, but even in my smoking example, you can't assign smoking to one person and not to another, right? It would be unethical to say smoke for 20 years if you think it's going to cause cancer and you can't just look at who smokes and who doesn't because there might be some predisposing factor that both leads you to smoke and also to have cancer.
2: So then is a historian somebody that either explicitly or implicitly ascribes to some sort of philosophy about causation?
1: I don't think you have to say that because the historian would say they're being objective and they they probably have to focus on something. And so... But if you're sitting down, you're going to
2: write a book right. on, on, a, on a period of history. Right. You're going to say, okay, what are the things that I'm going to focus on? What are the things that I think are important? important right. And what you're saying is, what do I think is the is the is at the top of the list for being more important mm-hmm. in terms of causality, right?
1: Yeah, either the great people or yeah. kind of these like broad social things. I mm-hmm. agree with that. But in your... I just listened to some of your Plantagenet episodes, which is why I keep bringing it up. But like, did your Plantagenet guy are you saying he overfocused on like the Plantagenet family? Well, even when I
2: did it, I, I read a bunch of different Books sources. To do so it. I read, um, Brown, I think it's the, the guy's last name. And then I read Churchill's uh-huh. History of the English-speaking People. Yep. And so, you know, I read, I read a couple of different things. Right. Um, so, but I was very definitely like taking a narrative story, great it. person yeah. approach to it. Very much
1: so. Um, I do, yes, I think, different historians take different approaches to it and they will run from it's entirely ideology to it's entirely data. And that's what I tried to get Mm -hmm. at many episodes ago of, um, the difference between history of private life and Mm Montalou Montalou is 400 pages, about a seven year period in like rural in this one town Montalou in rural France. And it ends up being this really fascinating story about these connections between all these family members but there's not really much to apply outside of that one city mm-hmm. that like, that's the problem with it is you can't, you've not really learned anything about a town 10 miles over because you've only learned about this one town, which may, which might have similarities, but also might be totally idiosyncratic. Compare that to, um, um, a history of private life. They're analyzing all of human history over the course of five volumes, but all of human history. As so communists, it's, uh, it wasn't. It was critical theory. I oh, think is what it was. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> but they have like a single, uh, like th- that book can then be used to understand any point in human history because it's primarily yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a viewpoint as opposed to looking at data. Yeah. Does that make sense? I'm, it does. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm rambling. Sorry.
2: I'm. I'm. I'm knocking you off. I'm no, causing you not. to uh,
1: get
0: uh, off script. Yeah. Without Graham, this wouldn't have happened. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, 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 I'm very efficient. Uh, rabbit trail cost. Thing. Oh, my oh hey let's talk about that rabbit trail the show is what we are so I'm okay with that uh, so again but this all gets at the same thing of in history what are we doing Herodotus thinks he's tracking a series of causal events and he thinks what causes each thing is the act of a king in most cases or like the, like the elite of the elite um, there are times when common people come into the story it's just not very um, common it's not very regular for that to happen Okay, so we've talked through some of these kind of distinctions there, um, and we're still kind of looking at, like, this old view. I'm trying to get an an ancient view of what causes something else. That does bring us to Aristotle, which we've covered before. Do you all remember what these four causes are, what it is for, yeah, how how Aristotle codifies cause?
2: I mean, there's the final cause, the efficient cause, the formal cause, and the... Santa.
1: Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Yeah. Did you said material. I don't know if you said, material. no,
2: I didn't say material.
1: Okay. I said formal, a formal, formal and material, different, formal and material are different. Okay. Okay. So what, uh, the easiest way to get at it is I think, what what do I have here? Yes. And if you're designing a table in your, and you look, you know, we're the, if you're watching on YouTube, you see us, the three of us are sitting at a table as we conduct this uh, discussion. And if we were to look at each other and say, what caused this table, how would you answer what caused this table?
0: Somebody watered some trees.
1: Okay, so uh, you're saying like the wood itself had to be like made at some point. And that's, there's a material to this table. That's the material cause of why is there a table is wood. That Like we need wood for there to be a table. Mm-hmm. Bob the carpenter. You need someone to make that table. So that's the efficient cause. That's the one who's doing something. Um, the primary source um, of the change um, for this final product, that's the efficient cause. So there has to be a carpenter. What else does that carpenter need?
2: A so, idea of tableness,
1: so like some kind of design to say, like you know, I, I want a square table or a circle table or what shape would you call this? Oblong? What is this? Oval. An ovular table. Uh, there must be some design to it. Boat shaped. Uh, a boat. Yeah, it's like a boat. What boat is? Oh, I guess I'm thinking of boats top and down, but you're thinking of it side yeah, yeah, to yeah. side. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I use that analogy with my kids. I say we're all sitting we're all in a, boat a little top. boat.
2: And we're all going the same direction. And I know where we're going, but I need you all to row. I like that. That's yeah. good.
1: Um, so that would be a formal cause. So there, what is the form that you're trying to attain to? In this case, it would be the table that looks like an oval. And then there's a final one of, like, why Why does this table exist?
0: Uh, we needed a table for a classroom. So we hired yeah. a carpenter to take trees and make it.
1: Yeah, so the thing you're going to use it for eventually, that's the, the final cause of table. So us sitting around talking, or learning from students, or if you, I don't know, if you eat, eat food at your dining room table, dining would be your final cause. So then that's what us. says. holding it, up our YouTube camera. It's holding up our YouTube camera, sitting on top of what I think is. So, your fuzzy waters. I think it's supposed to be a selfie stick is what that actually is. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, it comes. It, it breaks into a tripod at the bottom also. But
2: cool. it's left over from your
1: influencing days. Yeah, from my Instagram yeah. influencer days, yeah. I, I have all the three pictures on Instagram, so clearly it was a short-lived time in my life. Okay, so... You haven't accepted me. Have you added me? I think so. No. I think it was like five years ago I added you. This is embarrassing. I follow you on Twitter. Does that count? Do you really? Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Okay. I tweet about like... I need to like...
2: I tweet about like classical education on the stock market, which is probably really frustrating for people because they're Uh either following me for one or the other reason. I probably just have two different twits.
1: I... I know you're... Yeah, I don't like that at all. Um... I know you're quite an influencer. I'm not sure you're quite at the point of having two different Twitter accounts. Please, Fair, let's get you. that. Okay, thank you. Okay, so that gets us to, <laughs> i moving past it. Thank you very much. Move past it. Move, past it. Okay, move so past it. Okay, it. where are we right now? We've looked at how there's, uh, Virgil has this conception that uh, cause is an important thing to understand. And then we look at how does an idea of cause develop? It moves through science. It moves through medicine. It moves through law. And then the ambiguity requires a type of structure, which then Aristotle provides with these four different causes. Okay. Do these four causes help us in looking at history? So is there a way that we can take a material, formal, efficient, and final cause and understand what Herodotus is talking about in his histories?
2: The final cause is always going to be the more controversial one.
1: Why these people are doing what they're doing?
2: I mean, and this is sort of even comes up when we're when we're when we're at a school when we're choosing a history textbook. Sometimes you'll get these history textbooks that are a little too, like, God's sovereign hand of dominion over history is, and they're explaining like World War One happened because God wanted America to become the world power. You're like, "Mm, I don't know about that. This is probably not the final cause where we really want to be,
1: or we don't know, or we don't. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: So, um, anyway,
1: I think, but final cause can, there are, there can be multiple final causes that, so when we're, we'll talk about, uh, Cambyses in whenever I do a future, whenever I do my next Herodotus episode with the son of Cyrus. So like, you know, Cyrus wanted to invade Egypt. Well, that's, you know, he invading Egypt is his final cause. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, the final cause would be rather he wanted to grow his empire as big as possible. So we know that. And there are things that happen later because he invades Egypt, but I don't think those were his intention in doing it, right? It's kind of, he as a person takes an action and then makes his next decision of what he wants to do next. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, we, I think we get final causes as to why people are doing things. I think we get a lot of efficient causes, um, at least in as much as we're talking about a narrative approach to history. The person doing the action matters a lot. That would be the efficient cause, the person doing something. Um, and I'm not so I don't think that like material and formal matter quite so much.
2: What about the human nature element? So if you think about like the logic, if you want to call it the logic of violence. Mm-hmm. So someone does something and kills a citizen of your nation. Mm-hmm. and you are gonna come back and go big, you're gonna go bigger mm-hmm. than you know if if someone if someone shoots the Archduke Ferdinand, um, you you're not just gonna go. And do like for like. Like you need to assert. You don't want this to ever happen again. So to do it, you try to set up a deterrent by going bigger. Right. But if you go bigger, then all of a sudden you've sort of got this escalation of of uh, reciprocity. And so, what would that like human nature? The logic of, if you want, I've, I've heard people describe it as a logic of violence. Where would that fit in, in regards to cause, causes of war or causes of conflict? Is was that any a material, material cause? When you were saying that, because
1: yeah. the act, the people doing war in that case are humans and they are the material of war in a weird way. It just feels weird to say it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of where else it would fit other than it being just the efficient, when you're talking about the people like the, d- just depends on which person you're talking about. If you're talking about the foot soldier in combat, they're not the one choosing to go to war in most cases. Mm -hmm. So in that case, it's still, who's the ruler? That ruler is the efficient cause in most cases. And then the people fighting are material for the war, really, when you get down to it, which is a bummer. I don't think that answers your question Mm -hmm. quite, though. Is that get out? Yeah, I
2: think I'm still forming it.
1: Okay. Um, Maybe to say differently, I'm sure you can find ways to fit in a material and a formal cause. So your formal cause like... How would you make it your formal cause? You think war is the way people should live. Therefore, you pursue war every spring or summer or whatever. In that sense, going to war at certain um, periods of time would be the form, right? You'd say the form of life should be war.
0: Um, could it also be the type of warfare? Mm-hmm. Like be. the formal cause could be, well, we are we all live near the sea, so it's going to be naval battles mm-hmm. as opposed to anything else. Yep. And then there's some valleys, so we do certain things with cannons. Yep. Like that. that might be the formal cause of the warfare is the surroundings dictate what kind of warfare it's going to be.
1: And same on that. It could be that like you, if you have agreements with other nations about like, how do we treat each other in war? So, you know, we, we fight this war until the last person is dead. I think that that would be a formal cause. Like we, there are certain agreements you've made, uh, you know, implicitly or explicitly about what war should look like. That would be the form of war. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe you can get all four of these in there. Maybe maybe more specifically, I'm saying Herodotus seems to focus more on the efficient cause he's focused a lot more on who are these people making these choices that do these things mm-hmm. um, and somewhat on the final cause he he tries to get into motivation sometimes but seems mostly focused on like are they good people or not mm-hmm. does that mm-hmm. I'm, i don't I don't have anything formulated on this. I wonder if there's something about a difference between those two different approaches to history I don't because I don't think I would say that um, history of private life is focused on formal and material causes, but maybe they are probably more focused on a formal cause that the form essentially is the embedded social structure that everyone lives in. And like that becomes kind of front and center much more so than people.
2: Don't they have the formal cause that like all human interactions are based on class conflict? And so that's the thing that gets superimposed over everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's the formal cause.
1: Yeah. Like that's the, yeah, literally the design, the form of all life. Um, So maybe there's something there. Um, Yeah. I hadn't planned on anything there, but uh, again, I would would say Herodotus is much more focused on the efficient causes, the actors themselves, and then final causes, which would be like, what are the things they're trying to accomplish? Okay. Um, I wanted to get to... I have a bunch of other stuff in here. Um, Francis Bacon and Spinoza and David Hume have thoughts on um, different kinds of um, what what can we know about causation? What can't we know about causation? Bacon has a great thing about how um, there are certain places where we should look for certain kinds of causes. So in the sciences, you can find formal and material causes, but you can't find final causes. You can't find meaning from chemical equations. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make sense to look for that there. But you could look to history or English or philosophy for kind of those more, those deeper philosophical questions. Um, Yeah, I just throw that out as one thought. But we
2: don't talk about science that way anymore. Even just today, I was listening to, we were driving and they had the radio show uh, From the Top, which is an NPR show where they interview kids who are really good musicians. Mm -hmm. And they do these little interviews and they were talking about one kid really likes astronomy. And space, and the interviewer was talking about like um, that when you study the universe, it really puts things into perspective about your own life and your own meaning. He just sort of said this off the top of his head, and the sixteen-year-old was like, "Yeah, I guess so." <laughs> and um, uh, and and that just struck me. It was like we talk about science as having an implicit for- final cause to it. do yes. we, we talk about but. Um, but that doesn't necessarily make any sense. Just because the universe is big doesn't give us any sort of moral sense. But this person was assuming that it, it does. Sure. And you hear this a lot from like – especially sort of the pop science of astronomy. It's Carl what Sagan did this and yeah. so does that. And what that other guy, was it Neil deGrasse Tyson? Degrass-Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson. They right. talk about like human person. When you think of the universe, we need to take care of our little blue planet. Sure. Like, okay.
1: I uh, I have not read this book. I've just heard the second hand. I think it's in his 2017 astrophysics for people in a hurry. He has a like introduction where he talks about how philosophy is useless and it's a waste of time and no one should like bother with that. They should only focus on science and then spends <laughs> 300 pages on philosophy yeah. of like what the philosophy <laughs> the <meaning laughs> of science, right? of science right? which, yeah. which is a, a work of philosophy. That's not that's not science. Right. Um, in this kind of again, the sense of what Bacon is talking about of you just can't go beyond Material and formal causes, because that's all that. Again, chemical equations or um, things that are happening in the sky, or like pick your thing. That's all I they guess, can tell you. I guess
2: my point is that there's a smuggled in philosophy into talking about science that I think a lot of people don't realize. Yes, and that's exactly what he's saying. I am a man of science. Then here's 300 pages of my philosophy yes. talking about what science means.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, so maybe that's where Aristotle is helpful too, of splitting out what we can know and can't know based on a discussion. And probably also, um, you know, in the same way that when Herodotus gets something wrong about... Uh, he never gets anything wrong He got right. lots of things wrong, and you all you all didn't think he did, but I did. Uh, when we talked about book the two... The Water Horse. Water Horses, right. Where he talks about his stuff in Egypt, and he talks about, like, the Herodotus machine, about how they built the pyramids. Like, it's pretty bad that he... I thought that was bad. I think you all didn't think it was as bad. Wasn't it, like, sticks and something else? He just said it was sticks. It's, that's all he says. He doesn't say how it's built or anything. So it sounds like... He just sounds like that guy you knew in middle school who was like, "Yeah, I'm at the president." You know, like he's clearly lying to you. <laughs> oh, I know how they built the pyramids yeah. with sticks. Yeah, it's All like, right, oh, thanks, okay, man. But, yeah, but but like, you also wouldn't totally know because he went to Egypt, so he might have actually learned. So it's like,
0: like I had a friend that used to eat paper on the bus, like whole sheets of paper, I know, and I was great. like, "Why are you doing that?" And he's like, "It's made of trees. It helps me breathe better." And I was like,
1: it "Doesn't make any sense."
0: I'm not old enough yeah. to refute you. <laughs> But but doesn't, doesn't sound, sound right, exactly. but you better give me one of those sheets of paper. And <laughs> 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 I hate one too. You want to hedge your bet? Did yeah. you actually eat one? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I, he was very convincing. He was That's so funny.
1: confident. Have y'all seen that uh, that meme? Go- that uh, I don't know if "meme" is the right word, but it's a picture of a of a kid, um, and the story is like you know he told all of his classmates that his uncle was Superman. Have y'all seen this? And then it turns out that his uncle is whoever played Superman in the movies. Mm. And so he brings his, his uncle along to let like, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of that thing of like, maybe Herodotus is right. And he knows what he's talking about. Could have been sticks. <laughs> are we or... talking like Dean Cain,
2: Superman, or are we talking no, like, was, uh... he's the newest one. But, Cavill. Oh yeah. Henry
1: Cavill. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I think that's a helpful thing to like limit what kind of knowledge. The point I'm trying to make about Herodotus is that he can be wrong about like, material things or formal things of like the form of um pyramid making machine but he still has a lot of really good things to say about efficient and final causes Mm -hmm. and i think that still makes him worthwhile that that was the only that was the thought i had in going through all of this is i think you can look at an ancient work that is wrong or uninformed uninformed is the wrong word but not modern in, in its awareness of like science and still get lots of useful things because just because you've moved on in your knowledge of material and formal causes doesn't mean you've moved on in your knowledge of efficient and final causes. Hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That okay. So I think those are like different domains of knowledge and Herodotus is still useful in the ones that he's writing about. Phew. Yeah, thank you. I'm not wasting your life. Okay. So the final thing to go into is we talked about it a little before that when I hear the word causation or correlation. The first thing I think of is that phrase that causation does not imply correlation. We've already kind of clarified what that means in that it's kind of a, it's meant as a formal statement that uh, you can't only prove causation from correlation, which is a fine statement to make. You can, if you um, Google um, spurious correlations, there's a website that will auto generate different correlations. And one of the, one of them is like a, it's like Nick Cage movies versus uh, drownings in pools or something mm-hmm. like that. One of
0: them, one of my favorites is uh, Age of Miss America pageant winners oh, okay. and murders by steam, hot objects, and vapors. <laughs> vapors. Okay.
1: Yep, nailed it. Uh, and it
2: like, actually looks really compelling. It's like, like per capita consumption of cheese and. Was it uh, dying by falling like, out of a fishing yeah, boat? Yeah, or like, no, dying by being strangled in your bed sheets. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, more cheese you eat, the more people are dying in their beds. Yeah, so I mean, that's stopping. So, yeah.
1: That's just. Spread science. awareness. I can't
2: that. Spread uh,
0: awareness. Hashtag. Spread awareness, not goat cheese.
1: cheese. <laughs> oh, would you say yeah, per capita cheese consumption and number of people who died by becoming t- entangled? It's like literally, if you just Google it, you'll find it. It's yeah. it's like one to one. It like literally, it's, it's a silent killer, guys. Is that what it is? Um, and obviously, these are like goofy correlations, and that's the whole point of it is to say just because two things are correlated, it doesn't mean that they're related to but each other.
0: But repetitive and consistent correlation shows a high probability of causation, yeah.
1: right? And that's uh, so um, there's a, a somewhat famous story around, um, uh, the discovery that smoking leads to cancer. That's I made reference to it earlier because we're talking about it now. So this was, this has not been a foregone conclusion for ever, or even for a very long time. It's only, um, in the last 70 years at this point that that's really been accepted widely. And some of the, there started to be kind of an upswell of uh, studies pointing to concerns around this connection between cancer and smoking. It kind of builds in the forties. Um, the fifties, we get some of the like major studies about it, but there's big pushback from, um, a guy named Fisher and Fisher is one of the like main statisticians, um, I think he's the guy who came up with the um, analysis of variance test. Is he a Nova? I think he's a Nova. Yeah. Um, What it is doesn't matter, but like the, one of the main statistical tests to determine differences between different groups. um, It's called a difference of means test. None of this matters, but like he is the guy who comes up, comes up with the math to determine whether results are significant or not. Maybe that's the way to say it. And he is someone who is not convinced by, uh, studies related to um, smoking and the relationship with cancer. But they've got the little black label on them. They do now, but, mm. but that had to come from somewhere, right? Okay, so if you all wanted to prove this, well, I, I assume you are on board for this relationship, but if you wanted to prove this connection between smoking and cancer, how would you set about to do that?
2: Try to find as many people who had lung cancer and see how many of them have
1: been smokers. Okay. And compare that to how many people with lung cancer who don't smoke. Correct. And then you'd be able to say, Mm -hmm. you know, your percentage of people is higher in this one than the other one.
0: Yeah. I would say sample size of, of people from random locations in different places, different cultures, that sort of thing that, Both smoked and didn't smoke, and then compare the rates of lung cancer in both groups.
2: Okay, I would also do that thing that you do in seventh grade. We have two jars. You fill them with cotton balls, Uh and you have one of the jars smoke a bunch of cigarettes. Uh So then the cotton ball that Uh cotton ball jar is all black and gross. The other one is all pure and white. And then you can scare your classmates into not smoking.
1: I like your style. Is that a thing that you did in seventh grade? Yeah, didn't you guys do this science experiment with a cigarette? Yeah, yeah, a cigarette. You
2: actually, and then like you pump the smoke into the jar, and then eventually the cotton balls become all like brown and nasty and black and gross and you can say this is what's
1: happening to your lungs that's disgusting no I've never seen that that seems terrifying for a 7th grade. I watched the
0: ad a lot where the guy cracked an egg into a pan and was like this is your brain on drugs
1: oh, yeah we had a guy that come to really? our school and he had
2: his uh, like larynx removed he had to talk with the little like recorder next uh, to his yes. uh, and um, afterwards we saw him outside and he was smoking <laughs> <through the little laughs> is that bowl. true yeah that's the
1: that's that's sad part yeah um, so just you, you two. Since you two kind of gave different answers, I'll, I'll just to go through both of them. Because um, AJ's is a development on Graham's. So Graham, <laughs> AJ Hing-berg. is better than Graham is what I want. Sorry <laughs> if I wasn't clear enough with that yes. answer. So what Graham proposed is you get a bunch of people who already smoke. Is that what you said? It doesn't matter now. <laughs> AJ. <laughs> uh, let me give you. Let me make your wrong answer even wronger. So. So you basically, you just do a, an observation. You, you say who smokes and who doesn't smoke, and then you say who has cancer and who doesn't have cancer. Your problem with that is that you, will, you might have different um, correlations under that. So let's say that people who smoke tend to be older and people who smoke tend to be male let's just say.
2: Yeah. And maybe like half of them eat tar just, like, <laughs> just for, for, for fun. Reason. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, but, but even taking Work t- on a lot of cars yeah. and yeah. Uh-huh. a lot of fumes that way. Uh-huh. Well, even let's say that, let's say it's a bunch of automotive mechanics who smoke and a bunch of not automotive, me- me- automotive mechanics who don't. Well, that would, that there's a bias at that point where you're not comparing apples to apples. You're comparing apples to orangutans. I don't know that like you, what you, again, to to go back before what we want to have to prove whether something causes something is if you removed it, would the thing not have happened in the first, would the thing not have happened Mm -hmm. eventually? So in our world war one example, if you remove the assassination of the archduke, is there no world war one? In this case, if we remove Graham from your next 20 years, if we remove smoking, Graham doesn't smoke just to say that, but smoke a pipe if fair, but you don't smoke it every day. You don't smoke a pack a day, which was my example from before that I know of. I don't think I
2: smoked a pipe in a year.
1: COVID a little nervous button. Yeah, no. Respiratory things. Yeah, that's fair. maybe it would like kill all the COVID. I don't know. Oh, that's that's great great like don't know
2: like uh great. like Stubb in um in uh Moby Dick. Yep. He, he smokes, smokes suit to has not received the bad air. It preserves him.
1: That's what uh I can't remember the guy. It's whoever the previous CEO of Southwest was, um, he came and gave a talk at UT and he talked about how he like he had to smoke. He said this. This might have been just the addiction talking, but he said that he had to smoke to keep his um um, his like veins open. I forget the details. I, I'm not a scientist. Oh,
0: the nicotine opens it up and yeah, it keeps yeah, it flowing? yeah. or
1: like it kept the, I forget if he kept the blood flowing or if it was the oxygen, it kept flowing, but it was something like he needed that like hot smoke in him to do that, which still sounds made up to me now that I say it out loud, but just here we go are. to a sauna. Anyway, you could do that. Or drink some coffee. That's also, a, or an alcohol
0: widens the blood vessels. There's, a, I think there's more things than just, smoking. I feel
1: like him, Hitting up the bottle during the day might have gone poorly. Maybe smoking was more uh, socially acceptable. I
0: mean, you—you, <laughs> I, I don't see any reason why you can't do all three. Smoking, drinking, sauna. I, I mean, that sounds like that sounds that's like fair. an afternoon. No, no. Yeah, how yeah, hard probably.
1: is it to run an airline? That's exactly right. Um, so anyway, back to how wrong Graham is. So, um, so if you if you get these two different groups, you'll have differences between the groups. And a a critic like R. A. Fisher, who is our statistician of, of note right now can look at that and say, those underlying differences could actually be the causes of differences in lung cancer, differences in heart attacks, differences in whatever your thing is. Okay, so what would you do in response to that? Well, you'd find people who are similar to each other and then compare them to each other. That's what um, AJ is talking about. Good job. So AJ, thank you for While being- trying
0: to control for other variables by yeah. getting a large sample size from, yeah. with lots of
1: people from different areas. But you're still wrong, though. So, no, I'm just sorry. Um not exactly wrong. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I see your facts, and I disagree. No, um, so I don't believe them. But so let let's say that um, I I do a study, and I take twenty thousand people, and I have them fill out a questionnaire, and it asks them for their gender, and it asks them for their age, and it asks them for their um, their occupation, and how long they've been smoking, and all these different things. Um, and then I I um, and then I compare two different groups that are equal sizes. And on average are the same for age, weight, you know, pick all your categories. What's wrong at that point? What could could a critic do with that study that's balanced on on all these things that you checked for when you did your survey when they got separated? Nothing. It's ironclad. (laughs) How could it be otherwise? (laughs) That's just science. (laughs) It's pure science. A critic could look at that and say, you haven't measured for everything. So sure, you've... Measured for things that we think are important, but what if there is a an underlying an underlying genetic marker that both um, predisposes you for smoking and predisposes you for cancer? Hmm. To which do you all want to? Respond? Or how many
0: people live next to nuclear plants and everyone knows sure. nuclear plants make you want to smoke? That's a, or give you cancer. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you went for the smoking. So
1: that's so either you can take it. You can take it the way. And either way, you're saying you haven't matched everything correctly, or you haven't matched everything because you haven't measured everything because you can't measure it. So, There's still unaccountable variable. How do
2: we ever do nutritional studies saying things like cholesterol or eggs or wine? How
0: can we have, well, that's why you get those little graphs where it's like number of studies that say tomatoes will give you cancer four. number of studies that say tomatoes will cure cancer four. Oh, crap. like, that's why you get those.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll just read. This is from, this is from R.A. Fisher. Um, What if the development of acute lung cancer was preceded by an undiagnosed chronic inflammation, he wrote. And what if this inflammation led to a mild discomfort but no conscious pain? If that were the case, wrote Fisher, then one would expect those suffering from pre-diagnosed lung cancer to turn to cigarettes for relief. Like it's, so it's not the cigarettes causing the lung cancer, it's the lung ca- cancer causing the cigarettes. We owe Big Tobacco a massive apology. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it wrong. Those guys have been trying to help us out this whole time. <laughs> exactly. They're just trying to give you a, a chance. Uh, this, this <laughs> Joe is, Camel could have been a surgeon. Who knows? <laughs> this is the money quote at the end. To take the poor chap's cigarettes away from him would be rather like taking away um, the, the the stick from a blind man.
0: Oh, unlucky right. oh, strike. Yeah, exactly. and he's going to have that that subconscious <laughs> discomfort from his cancer and
1: he'll have no yes. nothing to puff on. Yes. Now, um, You're puffless, do you have any, so he offers this as an explanation. So then what would you, what's the response to that? Like, what I do you do? Know, ironclad. <laughs> well, you just disagree with them. Um, oh, you think he's right. And then therefore a cigarette should be a, okay. Just
2: get a bunch. G- start getting a bunch of monkeys smoking some monkeys.
1: Oh, sorry. Take, oh. take, take lung it's
0: tissue from a bunch of different people and then just start running smoke through it. Oh, that lung you know tissue. Do. You know, it does not have, well, you could, okay. Um, Huge development. Okay, Take one guy, uh-huh. clone him a bunch. There uh-huh. you go. Know? Yeah, there it is. Thank Make you. some smoke uh, yes. and have some not smoke. Or just, just have him smoke on one side of his body. <laughs> one keep lung? The other, see one lung, keep the other just lung. Just yeah. pump. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. There just you pump go. it one through. No, because the left and right lungs might be different, like left and right brain mm, might be different. we we'll yeah, I think know. you
1: I think we need the cloning. We'll never know. Um, the Star <laughs> Wars could have done it easy. Clone I was say, Those guys could have it we'll never tested tested it sure. know. We could know, right? Yeah. We can build, what's the name of the planet where they build all the clones? I don't know the name of it. Uh, Clinopia. Yeah, cl- yep, that's the one. Yep, so just, I think this is the way science should go. Um, Someone's screaming at their car radio right now. Or now we're not we on the radio. We could do this. Uh, Tatuopinine! <laughs> you rube! <laughs> Can someone, no wait, I was gonna say leave us a one star review saying that, but I don't want you to leave a one star review. Just leave a five star review. you rube! <laughs> yeah, leave a, leave a five star <laughs> review telling us the answer to that question of where the clones <laughs> were made. Um, what was, what was R.A. Fisher's response to, so essentially the way it works is, a study comes out, it's pretty compelling stuff. And Fisher will come back with one of these criticisms. A new study will come out. Fisher will reply. And it's like really, um, standing in the way of there being any development on like limits on tobacco usage. Cause this is the, you know, you I'm sure mm-hmm. everyone has seen these really silly videos where it's like nine out of 10 doctors agree that smoking is good for your health or, um, improve circulation or whatever thing it is. like, and in the meantime, people are dying because of that, because tobacco is not limited. Uh, so what is Fisher's response after a couple of these different um, uh, studies come out and he rejects them? What, what's like the ultimate conclusion of all this? I don't know. He, the abandonment he of all human knowledge. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, he, uh, He. I mean, he dies is the answer to it. This is... Uh, and this ends up being one of the like biggest stains on his reputation is his resistance to acceptance of these different studies. What's the point that I'm making of this? But he's just trying to hold the line for science. This is actually a good point in that he's not wanting to move too quickly to say um, he, the concern is that you would ban something that, again, you're taking the stick away from the blind guy. Um, you're hurting people who have lung cancer is what he's arguing, which I understand. Um, But what's hard is that to have gotten six or seven high quality studies that point to there being something wrong here and rejecting all of them essentially boils down to this correlation does not imply causation thing Mm -hmm. that time after time, the researchers are looking at studying um, uh, smoking as relates to lung cancer and Fisher doesn't accept any of these as, as having any information. Um, And I, and again, that is ultimately to his detriment. I think it's fine to ask whether his process was correct, but his outcomes were just wrong. Like did other people, well, that's jump, troubling. Did other people jump on? Well, just cause you, you raised it. I no.
2: what I'm saying that like, if your processes are correct, but your outcomes can be wrong, then how are your processes correct?
1: Oh, but I think every stock trader has trades that go against them. It's more like you've referenced the Kyle Bass quote of you buy nickels in the hopes of them going to dollars. Mm-hmm. But if you lose 10 cents, it's not a big deal. Like that's at, at some level, all de- – this is not the place I thought we'd end it, but like all decisions are probabilistic. Mm-hmm. And so you're – you should take the one – anyway. Gotcha. You,
2: so he was saying like this doesn't give us 100% certainty and everyone was like, yeah, but it's pretty compelling stuff.
1: And then he took that to say because it's not 100%, it's 0%. Yeah, yeah When yeah, actually yeah, yeah. it should have been. It's not 100%. It's maybe 95%. Yeah, yeah. Because it, like it's fine to like question whether this thing is true or not. Like that's the purpose of science is to ask – do we is what we know true? I think that's a fine question to ask, but to hold on to that in spite of all evidence to the contrary uh, is problematic. And then also, the kicker: Fisher was a smoker, and so really, what this comes down to it, a way that it's often interpreted is that he it was just like a it was a bias of his. He couldn't think that he was wrong and doing damage to his own body. Therefore, he had to push back on all these studies. So the man who is known for his mathematical genius, his statistical genius at the end of the day, is still a human who just wants t- to smoke, right? Just wants to have a dart at the end of a busy day. <laughs> at the end of a busy day. Uh, yes. So that's, let's see. I think that's all that. So he's still a super big deal guy. He's the reason that we can do statistics today. So is that just how his story is written when you're
2: studying statistics? It's like, well, he was pretty great, but he was kind of a doofus on the whole smoking thing. So he's kind of an embarrassment. Let's move Not on. An embarrassment.
1: I, no he's not a big deal enough person to mm-hmm. like get in that kind of public conversation about his legacy or whatever. Um, he, in the same way that like uh, scientists will put their name on, um, like when they discover an animal, like it becomes the Magby animal, you know, like you, you put mm-hmm. your name into it. There are just like, like the Fisher test, like is a thing, mm-hmm. like putting Fisher's name on things is still a thing. And that has not been taken away. Um, and again, I don't think he's not a big enough deal to like have his, name removed from stuff. He does also have some, um, yeah, there's, there's other stuff that's like, he was born in 1890. Like there's other stuff that's questionable in his writings and intellectual thought, but I don't think anyone really cares about that. I'm rambling at this point. Mostly did a lot of good stuff. Uh, his stuff on smoking was not good, but. Wait, so smoking causes cancer? Smoking causes (laughs) cancer. (laughs) Good to know. Uh, so stop smoking your pipe. I don't know. Do whatever you want to with your life. Do whatever you want to with that information okay so anyway question the thing we're going into was about um, causation there are different types of causation that we are able some of them we can study through history some of them we can study through science and that distinction and separation i think is really helpful the statement that correlation does not imply causation has a certain formal meaning but it does not mean there is no information to be gained from correlation that was the only that was the thing i wanted to make sure to wrap up with and that is it cool Okay,
0: well, this has been classical stuff you should know. Uh, you can find our website at classicalstuff.net. You can subscribe to us on Patreon if you want. And uh, you should, and you should do it. Uh, you, if you do that, you get all kinds of cool goodies like our monthly AMA and some other some other cool things we send Bonus out to our episodes. listeners. Bonus episodes. and at certain tiers, you can hear all of our banter between episodes, which is extra fun. And then, uh, yeah, you can tweet at us at classical c l s s c a l stuff. And I think that's it. Is that, is that all the websites and stuff? Oh, you can email us at theguysatclassicalstuff.net. That's the last one. Important okay. Stuff. Well, we're we're happy to be back and making episodes for you guys, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.